Hey, we're starting a series on contagious Christianity. This is what you're supposed to catch, not coronavirus, but Jesus. How's that? How to be a contagious Christian. We should be attractive to people. Is that good? Is that all right? Not on the outside, praise God, but on the inside. We're supposed to be attractive to people. So I'm going to talk in the next few weeks about how we can be attractive to people from the inside out. Jesus does that. And how to wear him well. Is that all right? I'm going to pray. Lord God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that, um, Lord, you didn't need a public relations department. People just sought you out. And so, Lord, really, they should be seeking us out as well if we wear you well. So help us, Lord, to um, be full of your spirit, full of your love, full of your joy, full of your peace, so that people look at us and go, whatever you've got, I need some of that. And we can tell them that it's you. So, Lord, over this week, may we be inspired. May we be re-inspired. Lord, may we continue to pray for those who don't know you yet. May we look for opportunities to share with them. And so, Lord, we pray for Melissa today. um, We thank you for the word she has to share with us. And we ask that by your spirit and through your word that we'll be inspired to um, yeah, be contagious Christians, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, first of all, I want to say uh, thank you for getting out of bed this morning because it was cold. So it's great to be here, isn't it? It's warm, warm, warm. We like that. So uh, I know winter's not the favourite for a lot of people, but we're here. We're doing it. We love Jesus. We love being with each other. And that's exciting stuff. So let's keep doing that. Um, recently, we've been getting some work done in our house um, and getting a few things replaced and repaired and whatever. And this week, I was working from home, waiting for tradies to come up to do some work. And I had a knock on the door. Um, some guys introduced themselves. And so straight away, I was like, right, I know where you need to go. So I went out the door, round the house, and I opened up the side gate. I said, oh, because yeah, that was gonna, one of the things getting replaced, but they weren't there for that. Uh, so I kind of took the gate. It's not actually on its hinges anymore. So moved it aside. I said, oh, someone's coming to fix that. And they said a, a really weird thing. They said, are they going to replace that panel next to it, the return section? I said, oh, I don't know. I think so. And I kept walking. That's a weird question to ask. Right around the back uh, to where tiling is getting fixed at our house. And... I stood there and these two guys were there with me and I'm there going, all right, we need this. This is the whole section here that you're doing right around there. And slowly I could see their faces get a little bit concerned and a little bit of terror coming in. And they're like, we don't have stuff to do that big an area. And I'm thinking, what are you talking about? We've got a pallet of tiles out in our front yard. What do you mean? And, and so I just paused long enough to go, wait, what are you here to do? And they the fencing guys. So I'm there thinking they're the tiling guys, but they're the fencing guys. I was so set on what I thought that they were here for. My vision was this very, you know, tunneled vision of here's what you're here to do and this is what you're going to be doing about it. I didn't even stop to get the full picture. Didn't even stop to get the full picture. They were there to do the gates <laughs> for me. And I walked away from that and I went, oh, thanks, God. That was the best lesson for me. How often do I sit in my own narrative about what's happening with the world, what's happening with people around me, what's happening, you know, everywhere else? How often am I just sitting 
in my own world of normal, ideal, what's happening. And all around me is something else going on. I miss it. I miss it. God's putting opportunities in my path every day, in our path every day to make a difference in our world. Are we looking around or are we looking at my own agenda? My own agenda. My own phone. My own... You know, I was in a shopping centre not long ago and... um. I was in the shopping centre and I was standing there waiting for uh, the, Andrew and the kids to get back from... I don't even know what was going on. But I, I was standing there and I was watching how many people in the shopping centre had a trolley and their phone. Have you seen that? Have you seen how much our society has changed? That we've gone from people who are looking around, seeing what happens to people at crossroads, looking at their phone... Have you seen that? Headphones in and looking at our phones. Crazy. Just crazy. How often do we do it? I know these days I'll have a show playing while I cook dinner. And in my mind I'm going, that's not any different to watching TV and cooking dinner, is it? I don't know. How often in my own world? Now last Sunday, if you missed Gary's message, jump online and watch our uh, services that we have on Facebook because he did a great message. Uh, it's really worth listening to. But one of the things that really jumped out at me was he was trying to uh, move, leap forward into what was coming up, our Contagious Christianity series that we're starting today. And he called it Contentious Christianity. I went, that's an interesting word, contentious. Have you ever thought about a contentious person? It's like someone that's like provoking or, or causing some issues. Someone who's disagreeing or controversial. Someone who uh, is negative. That people will leave feeling worse from interacting with them. You know, I think that's the absolute opposite of what God wants us to be. Contagious Christian or contentious Christian. And how often do we see... Uh, you know, stories or whatever else of people that have just not worn Jesus well because they're heading more down the contentious side instead of the contagious side. So thanks, Gary, for that. That was a really good one for me to look up. The good thing about being a contagious Christian is that you don't have to be at a certain level to get there. You don't have to be, you know, any kind of great speaker or prayer or Bible reader or, or anything else. You just have to be a Christian. You can be a contagious Christian Right now, you have permission and authority to go out and be a contagious Christian. And if you're saying right now that, you know, spiritually, I'm not sure how well I'm doing and, and I just don't know whether God's going to use me. Do you know that choosing to be a contagious Christian will actually fix a dry spiritual life? Because you're never going to be more eager to find something in God's word to share with someone else. When you're being contagious, you're never going to be more eager to be praying for someone to come into a relationship with Jesus. You're going to be digging into truths and answers and, and finding ways to tell someone about, about Jesus that you know that has saved and transformed your life. And honestly, if we're not being contagious, are we really in love with Jesus? So maybe the first thing we need to do today 
is go back to Jesus and say, I want to love, serve, honour, hear and receive from you more than anything in the world. Because it's out of that that the love flows to tell others over who he is. That's the adventure of a Christian life. So one thing to think about uh, how Jesus would reach out to others would be, well, what if Jesus walked in my shoes for a day? What if he lived my life? What if he did all the things that I had to do? What if Jesus walked in my shoes? Because Jesus is going to look at our neighbours differently. He's going to drive possibly a little bit differently to the way we do sometimes. (laughs) And if we could see our friends and neighbours the way Jesus sees them, it wouldn't only just change us, but it would radically impact them as well. So how would Jesus reach out if he went about my day? And I think there's many things he would teach us. So you've got a sheet on your seat. It's becoming a Tejas Christian sheet. There's some gaps there to fill in. So number one, if Jesus walked in my shoes before talking to my friends about their heavenly father, Jesus would talk to his heavenly father about my friends. Before he did anything important, Jesus prayed. He prayed for lost people right up until his death on the cross. Jesus is dying on the cross. And over and over he's saying, forgive him, Father. Forgive him, Father. Forgive him, Father. They don't know what they're doing. Forgive him, Father. Now, if I'm dying on a cross and the people who put me there are right there, is that going to be my response? Forgive him, Father. They don't know what they're doing. If Jesus lived at my house, if he walked in my shoes, he'd be praying for my neighbours. He'd be praying for the house across the road, on either side for the families, for the people who drive past. He'd be praying specifically and, and often. And my question is, are we? Are we praying for the people around us that they would come into a relationship with Jesus? Maybe we've been praying in the past and we've stopped because, you know, life, things happen, we forget. Maybe something's gone on. Who have we stopped praying for? Who have we stopped? Who have we given up on? So right now, I just want us to sit. Maybe you need to close your eyes just to focus. That would be great. Whose face comes to mind that you need to pray for? Is it the person in your street? A bus driver maybe? Someone that works at a cafe or Coles? That's the person God wants you to pray for. And before we do anything else, we need to pray for them. We need to pray that God will remove the confusion that they have about who he is and the life that Jesus will offer them. I want to pray that they'll open their heart to God's love and truth and he'll draw them to himself. And we need to pray for ourselves as well. Pray how we can find out how to best love 
and serve our friends and to have open doors for ongoing conversations. So that's the first one. We'll take our friends before our Heavenly Father. That's what Jesus would do. Number two, if Jesus walked in my shoes, he would assure his neighbours that his door would always be open for questions. He would assure his neighbours that his door would always be open for questions. Now, I can't think of a single time in the Bible where Jesus embarrassed someone for a dumb question. It's okay to ask questions. The people that asked sincere questions, uh, he answered them. Even John the Baptist, who, who saw so many great things with Jesus, uh, John the Baptist had said to Jesus, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He said that. But he needed to ask questions about who Jesus was. John went to prison, got discouraged, started doubting. And then he sent his disciples to Jesus say, are you really the Messiah? Are you the one or should we be looking for someone else? And instead of going, what are you talking about? You should know better than that. Jesus said to the disciples, go back and tell John what you've seen. In Luke 7.22, it says, go back and report to John, the blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. I'm the guy. I'm the guy. In other words, go back and tell John about the evidence you've seen with your own eyes that convinces you that he's the Messiah. It's okay to ask questions. It's okay for people to come to ask asking questions. The people that I've walked with on their spiritual journey, whether they've been not yet Christians or new Christians, they don't come saying, I love Christianity, this is so awesome. They say, I don't get this. What does it mean? It's my job to answer questions. And if I don't know, I don't know. I'll go find out. It's okay to say that as well. I say that all the time. I don't know. <laughs> I'll go find out. We need to be ready to help our friends get answers. First Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Ever had someone say, why are you so happy? What's your answer? I have Jesus in my life. You know, I've had a great day at church. So awesome being with other people who love Jesus and worshipping together. Have the answer there. But we need to do this with gentleness and respect. Now, we don't want to be contentious. We don't want to be argumentative. We want to be people that listen. Uh, one of my f- daughters has a friend whose parents are a different religion altogether. And we understand that. Her, her mum and I both know that we have different church, churches that we go to, different religions. And we have a great respect for each other. And we talk about it. We talk about our churches. We talk about things that are happening. I'm not putting her down for what she believes. She's not putting me down for what I believe. We have this mutual respect there. I pray for her that she will come to know Jesus as a truth. But I'm not going to treat her badly because she doesn't believe the same thing I do. We can become someone that leads people to faith. Number three, if Jesus walked in my shoes, he wouldn't just share his faith, he would show his faith. Matthew 5.16 says, Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. 
Now, good doesn't just mean, you know, good and bad, you know, all that kind of stuff. It has the, the connotation of winsome or attractive. So Jesus is saying, let's serve other people in such a winsome way, such an attractive way that causes their eyes to look heavenward and say, well, that must be God doing that because I don't think that person can do that naturally. You know, thank God that this can happen. And that really goes against the grain of our me first culture, doesn't it? Everyone wants to go first, get in line. I have cars pushing ahead of me. There's a gap behind me, but he wants to be in front. I'm like, really? Seriously? Just this morning, I'm away here. Someone really had to be in front of me. Had the lights just up here. All right. Apparently, my little red car looks too slow. (laughs) <laughs> to go along the entrance road, which is slow anyway. <laughs> so, okay. But that's the world we live in. We want the me first. I want to be first. I want to be in front. I want to get there the quickest. Two seconds quicker than anyone else. Yeah. Me first. <laughs> when we serve the real and tangible needs of other people, it opens up opportunities to talk to them about their very real spiritual needs. One of the, the most powerful ministries we have here is our ministry to people that come asking for assistance. And we have the most caring people who will sit with them, love them, respect them, give them dignity, and will serve them. And we've seen so many people come into our church because someone has loved them in their time of need. And we want to serve them. We want to give people physical help. We want to give them that. But we don't want to just be a social service. Because sure, they've got physical needs, but we have such a great spiritual need. And you can't get that from a social service. You can't get that healing unless you come to Jesus. And so we have, you know, the Joes and, and, and Ken and dawn and all these people that just do such a beautiful work loving on people and inviting them into a relationship with Jesus. It's, it's, it's just powerful. It's really powerful. I don't ever want the Salvation Army to lose the spiritual edge because we might as well just be another organisation that gets money from the government and serves the community. We, we're here because we, we love Jesus and we want to alleviate the suffering and we want to show them that their spiritual pain can be alleviated as well. This is what the gospel in action looks like, showing our faith, turning up when it's cold and wet just so we can meet the needs of people, build relationships. I mean, that's why we do nourish, invite your friends, have dinner together. There's a lot of lonely people that live alone that don't get to have meals with other people. Come to nourish, bring a friend, sit and eat together and talk. When someone gives them food, someone helps pay a bill, someone helps get them to camp, We've had people that have anonymously, anonymously donated money so some of our youth could get to camp this weekend. It's beautiful. And camp is one of the most significant ways that people make decisions. Is that a camp? I'm expecting lives to be changed in our youth this weekend because of this opportunity just to sow in. Sow in. Number four. If Jesus walked in my shoes, he would be authentic in the way he relates to others. 
Now, Jesus wouldn't just communicate the gospel. He would live it out. There'd be a consistency between his beliefs and his behavior, between his character and his creed. And the question is, is the same true for us? Do we go to church on Sunday and, and look like we've got it all together and then the rest of the week we're a hot mess? You know, things falling apart, lives, words, actions, not lining up. Are we being authentic? Do you know that when you're a Christian, there's people around who, who know you're a Christian that have this hypocrisy scanner always checking out your actions and making sure that what you say is what you actually do. Few things can repel a person from God as effectively and efficiently as an inauthentic Christian. It's a bit harsh, isn't it? So true. We want to people to see authenticity. Now, we don't have to have a doctorate to reach out to people. We don't have to know everything in the Bible. We don't have to be the perfect Christian. We just have to be ourselves and share that love of Jesus with others. We can pray for people who are far from God. We can talk to our friends and help point them to the truth of Christ. We can serve others and the door might be opened to spiritual conversations. And we can be authentic about who we are. We're sinners saved by grace. I'm a sinner saved by grace. Doesn't make me special, it just makes me saved. And that gives me and that gives you everything you need to go out and share that love with others. I'm really excited about this series, the Contagious Christianity series we're going to do over the next few months because, you know, one of my pet peeves is when people say something like, be holy. I don't know how to be holy. What does that look like? Be a contagious Christian. I don't know what that looks like. And in the next few weeks, we're going to give tools. So what to do to be a contagious Christian? What's our style? What's some things that we can talk about? What's some, some um, links that we can make towards what's happening now and let's go into a spiritual conversation? Some people will do that really, really naturally. We have some great evangelists that will just do that without even thinking. The rest of us have to work at it and we have to learn, you know, you know what? Jesus changed my life. Try putting that in a sentence with the person at the bus stop. So we're not training you up to stand on boxes on the street corners. If you want to do that, you're welcome to do it. How we do evangelism, how we be contagious is our own style. But the one thing Jesus told us to do was to go out. Go out. Share that love. Share that love with others. So there's two responses I'm asking for today. The first one is, if you're not right with Jesus, this is the only prerequisite that you need to be a contagious Christian. You need to be one. And if you haven't crossed the line yet, if you've always been thinking, yeah, you know, I don't know, I'm not sure, just maybe today's the day to do that. Or maybe you've been a Christian in the past and, and slowly life's gotten in the road and things have happened and, and your Bible's untouched, you haven't prayed and God feels like he's three gazillion miles away. Maybe that's your life today. 
Maybe today you need to say, I want to walk with Jesus. I want the Holy Spirit to guide me. I want to see his power in my life. I want to be a passionate Jesus follower. I want to be passionate. So let's all close our eyes and let's all repeat this. But if you're, if this is your prayer today to, to get right with God, then I, I invite you to agree with this. Let's pray and let's repeat after me. Dear Jesus, today I ask you into my life. I've done things my own way and I'm sorry. I want to embark on a new life with you at the controls. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I receive all you have for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you've made that decision today, online as well, or here in the room, we've got these cards. Um, please jot your name down, your number, and just tick the back that you know, you've committed your life for the first time or recommitted to Jesus today, or you want to know more, um, fill that in. That would be fantastic. The second thing, second thing, because this is exciting. Got these cards on your seat. It says, prayer for three friends or family. You'll find them they're only little. Have a look at them. I invite you to write down the name that you thought of before, a person's name, and let's start praying for them. Maybe there's other people that you can think of. Try and find three, just three. Write them down and let's pray for them this week. Let's pray that God will intervene in their life, that, that they will see who he is. And if you would like to come down, I want, I want you to take this home because this is a good reminder. Stick it somewhere like in your, your car, on your dashboard or, or in your mirror, in your bathroom while you're brushing your teeth. Pray for them. This might be a, a spouse, might be a family member, might be a neighbour, might be someone down at the gym. Pray that God will open doors. And I'm excited because God will open doors. And we will hear the testimonies of people who come to faith because... Someone prayed for him. So while you're writing the names down, I invite you to come pray. You can come pray for those things or anything else that you'd like at the mercy seat at the front here. You know, God loves us to talk to him. He really does. And too often we're in our own world and on our device and, and we ignore who he is. And he's always there saying, Just give, me, give me some of your time. So let's give him some time this morning. Pray, let's pray. Let's bring people before him. Let's intercede. Ben's going to sing a song. It's a great song for this right now. So if you'd like to sing as well, you're welcome to do that. But let's not just let the time pass by. Let's use it really constructively. Make a difference in someone's world just because we're praying for them. Thank you.